The Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. New features like the available Pro Access Tailgate improves access to bed and cargo, including when towing a trailer, so it's easier to load in tight spaces. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro Access Tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's very special episode, you'll hear our legendary 10-year anniversary party from WrestleMania 35 weekend in its entirety, featuring my co-host, WWE Hall of Famers Bully Ray and Mark Henry, plus tons of special guests including Eric Bischoff, Jim Ross, Pat McAfee, and many more. Dave LaGreca and WWE Hall of Famers Bully Ray, Mark Henry, Doug Morbin, we are Busted Open! Oh, you guys are amazing, man. Soak it in, Dave. You guys having a good time? And for those who couldn't make it out to Habanero Blues for our 10-year anniversary party, you suck! (laughs) But thanks for listening, guys. Hey, listen, we're all part of the Busted Open Nation. This is a celebration, not only for the people who are here on stage, but for all of you that packed this place that started the line at 9 a.m. this morning. Amazing. You guys are absolutely amazing. Down to 5th Ave, Dave. Out this door, down 36th Street, down to 5th Ave, the Busted Open Nation. And I'm glad that there is the only way I could start this show. It was with this man right here, Doug Mortman, the co-founder of Busted Open, the glue that held this together. And Doug, thank you, man, for joining us, brother. Of course, man. Joining us? If I'm not here, where else would I be? What would I be doing I don't without know my brothers, without the family? Come you're, on. You're, you're a bigwig now, oh, man. You're, you're, this, you're on the top of the corporation, This dude. is This is home. <laughs> this is home, brother. You know, whenever, whenever I talk about Busted Open, and, and on the show we always talk about rock and roll, you know? And I always compared, you know, Busted Open to KISS. And these are the two guys that started this rock and roll band. This is Gene Simmons, and this is Paul Stanley. Listen, me and Mark, we're a part of the show, but if it's not for Dave and Doug, none of this shit goes on. And of course, you know, if it wasn't for Bully, and if it wasn't for Mark, and it wasn't for Tommy, we wouldn't have been able to get to the next level. This is, this is truly We, we could have got there without Tommy. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, carrying Tommy was worse than carrying Devon. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. 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 Stop wow. shooting. Wow. <laughs> so it was great to, you know, for Doug and I to usher in this new era with Bully and with Mark. And, and Doug, if you remember, 
Bully was always a big supporter of this show from early on. But Mark was one of our first ever guests well, on Busted Open. All right, so technically, if you want to go to the archives, and you're going to hear about this on a very special show on April 28th, right? Yes. So just throw April a little April 28th, plug. Doug and I are, are going to do plug, plug, plug. an actual anniversary show because our anniversary is April 28th, and we're going to do that on Sunday, April 28th, so make sure you have that. So real quick on the Busted Open history side, first ever interview technically was Edge. That was our before. Uh, that was we our test live. interview. That was what Cohen heard and gave us the go ahead to do the show. And then our first actual interview for the show was Mark Henry. Yes. It wasn't live though. It wasn't live. The best part about this story though is that we're in what we call the fishbowl at our headquarters in New York City, just down the road. And Mark is egging us on, and there's Dave, of course, being the goof. And he tries to, you know, lay some elbow drops on me and give me a chokehold and that sort of thing. And, of course, our head of security is standing outside saying, this is a violation. We almost, yes. we almost got uh, written up with HR that That's day, right. thanks to this guy. Yes, thanks. To, and, and, again, one of our first ever remotes, and I think we have video of it, uh -oh. is when uh, WrestleMania 30, when you and I sang Mark Henry's entrance theme. So let's, uh, let's play that right now. Oh. Somebody gonna get the ass kicked. Somebody gonna get the wig yeah. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck, beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. That was for you, Mark Henry. There's Riker over there, Riker singing. So wait, what I wanna know is Mark, they you're the first guest on the show, they invited you. What did you think of these guys at the time? Well, they really didn't invite me. I invited myself. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a sports talk radio mark, man. Anybody that's ever been in the car with me will tell you that I, the only time I listen to music is when I'm falling asleep. So I got to wake myself up. But for the most part, all I listen to is sports talk. So even when, before they be, you know, became on Sirius XM, I was listening. I, was, I listened to pilot radio. Uh, we got a guy here in Austin from Austin that uh, has a radio show Stu in Austin. Myrick, yeah. Stu Myrick, yeah. Stu, I listen to Stu. I listen to sports radio. I listen to wrestling radio. So if you got a pilot show and I'm driving at two in the morning, very likely I'm listening to your stuff. Oh, like I thought you meant you were listening to a radio show because you wanted to become a pilot. <laughs> okay, now that's that's normally the, the thing that Tommy would say. <laughs> He's not here to defend himself, so... You're right. I'm going to let him have it. You know, but, what's, you know what's interesting, real quick, though? You mentioned Stu. He came over to us, and we're talking legacy in 10 years, and he said, because of you guys, I would not have a radio show. Because we, we opened up... We, we do wrestling like journalists cover a sport, okay? That was That's so right. important to us when we started because you guys are athletes. You guys are entertainers. You guys deserve an incredible immense amount of respect for what you do and what you put your bodies through not just in the ring but the travel the whole circus that is wrestling people needed to know about that and i feel like this show opened it up to a real serious discussion a caring discussion and a discussion that really resonates with the nation yes yes and it's always about the nation that's what we wanted to do Absolutely. it was a two-way talk we wanted the conversation back and forth with the busted open nation because i respect everybody that's a part of this nation. I respect your opinions. I want you to call in. I want the feedback. Now, we mentioned Mark's first appearance on Busted Open. Do you remember Bully's oh. first appearance? Now, let me take Woo, you back, Bully. I do. Now, 
we wanted to get you on. This is when you were with TNA. This is when you were world champion with TNA. Yep. And we would ask PR all the time, can we get Bully on? Can we get Bully on? And they're like, nobody wanted to approach you to ask you to come on the show. So finally, I, I forget what pay-per-view it was. It was, it was the Bound, Bound for, for Glory, Glory in Arizona. Arizona. Bound for Glory yeah. in Arizona. You had like yeah. a fan fest. So we were doing interviews, and then we were able to get you on. And I remember you sat down for a second. You put your beer down. And then he said, hey, I got it, guys. I got to do something else. I'll be back. And in that time, I took your beer, and I downed it as fast as I could. And I left your empty <laughs> beer bottle right where you're about to sit. And it was so funny. You sit down, and you pick up your beer bottle, and you're like, like almost like, I, I could have sworn this was full, but now it's empty. But you were always a great guest on the show. You're the one who finished my beer? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Now it was—I think it was right after that that I started to call it a daddy soda, and I stopped calling it a beer. By the way, what time is it? Two oh nine, and I still don't have a daddy soda in my hand. How is that even? How is that even? And and here was how is that even possible? Here was the thing about this show. You know, you hear about you know the dirt sheets and all of these uh, you know experts, so to speak, that always bury the stuff that as wrestlers we try to do the reason i like this show so much because even though dave and doug were you know opinionated and they weren't afraid to you know tell you if you sucked they always did it in a respectful way they have shown more respect for the wrestling business and the wrestlers than anybody outside of the ring that i have ever met now to, to, to second to second that the reason, and I don't know if y'all remember or not, but the first conversation that we had when I called in, I told you I respect the fact that y'all don't talk bad about the business of wrestling. You don't try to do an expose on what happens in wrestling, and you don't act like you know everything from the beginning to the end because there was stuff that y'all didn't know that I would say, listen, if you have a question, don't come on the air and just air dirty laundry because that's like talking about the argument you had with your wife. I'm talking about come to me. Give me a call. Like, you got my number? Anytime. I'm a wealth of knowledge. I'll give it to you. But let, let's talk. Let's have a dialogue before you expose that because I, sometimes I felt like some stuff was exposing the business. Yeah. And when you when you when you went there with the business, it, it just hurt me to a core, and it made me not want to listen. So that's that was one of the main reasons why I started calling y'all. Yeah, and listen, the the respect for you guys in particular, Mark. I mean, we tapped you how many times for yep. you know special shows? Yep. You know the, the yep. history of Texas wrestling special. We just, our first anniversary, our second anniversary. We just knew that you had the knowledge of the business that would. Let the listeners know, let the nation know exactly what's going on within the limits of what we wanted to talk about. For you, Bubba, it was actually that interview and maybe one other where we finally felt the validation. It was like your rubber stamp saying, hey, show's good. I'll come on the show. It was like almost a relief. It was like, oh, we're doing good. And we did, good. And, and honest to God, you're not going to believe this now because of all the people that are here. But when Doug and I first started his show, we didn't know if anybody was even listening. Well, we got I mean, Ch- Cohen changed the channel yeah, seven I mean, times on us. Well, My goodness. That actually so, just happened. Again. So oh, you guys went from a show 
that you didn't know if people were listening. Now, Mark, back me up on this one. Now even the boys are listening. All the boys are listening. That's that's because of you. At, I'm just saying that's because of you. Well, guys. I don't I don't think it's just because that we're on the show. I think that the word has gotten around that if you want to know how you're perceived by the fan base, tune in to bust it open because the fans will call in and tell you. The nation. The yes. nation. The nation. Will, the nation will call in and tell you. Listen, I, I don't know if I necessarily feel that. I'm not, I'm not agreeing with that. And then somebody else will call in, and then they'll say, well, why? Why, you, why? why won't you like it? And then they'll have a dialogue about what it is, and you give the insight of the nation, of the fan base, to figure out how you can change what you're doing in the ring. Y'all have an effect That's on what's going on in the ring. That's amazing. And listen, Doug and I started this as two fans... Mark and Bully brought the credibility, and you guys are the foundation. The Busted Open Nation is the foundation. Doug, man, give me a hug. I love you. Thank you so much for everything. You're always a part of this, man. It's always going to be a part of this show. Absolutely. No matter what, no matter what I do, there is no doubt that this, like I said, I started off, I'll end. This is home. This is my home. This is my family, and I love it. I love every second of it. I love it. you, buddy. I love you. The Busted Open podcast the nwa world heavyweight champion himself nick aldis hello mate everybody's gonna speak british for the rest of the show i will say this you know how much of a fan i am of nick aldis your nwa world heavyweight champion so dashing. Such a good looking man right there. Such a good looking man. How are you, sir? Very good. Wonderful. I'm going to move over here because I got to give uh, a world heavyweight champion a little. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Nick Aldis is in the house. Your NWA world heavyweight champion. How are you, sir? I like a million bucks. You ever and seen I, him not look like a million bucks? How are you, sir? You look good. You look really good. That suit is worth more than we make in a month. If I know, I know. It's true. $5, and it's, I, I got to be honest with you. I get chills. How are you? It's good to see you. Thank oh, you for look coming. At Mark. Look at the Thank look at Mark Henry's eyes Thank you right so there. much. Hey, what's happening, baby? <laughs> <laughs> this is truly the world heavyweight champion because when you think of the nwa and you think of nick aldis this is a man who travels around the world to defend the 10 pounds of gold so to have him here at our 10-year anniversary party this is truly a spectacle thank you sir. well that's very kind of you to say thank you Dave. and this is the first time meeting my uh, my insurance policy camille yes camille how are you she doesn't camille, speak. i know she's I, I apologize. I won't look. I won't. I'll keep my eyes closed. It's okay to look. You just can't touch. I don't even know if it's okay to, to look. I at, got the Are we sitting or standing? Please sit. Please sit. Right. I'm standing at attention. Camille, you can stand. I'm standing at attention at a respect for that 10 pounds of gold that you continue yes, to defend on a regular basis. Yes. Now, I will say this, and, and, and I have seen some of your frustration on social media. I understand... 
that I usually root for whoever's in the ring against you. But again, that's out of respect to the fact of what you've done for this 10 pounds of gold. And you truly are an amazing champion. Well, thank you. Was there a question in that? I mean, no, it's, it's, just more just more, like it's, just more, it's just more of a kiss in your ass sure. because you're here. All right. I'd, I'd, I'd like to ask him a question because this, this is interesting. Okay, so Nick. Yeah. So we know in the Crockett Cup, you'll be defending your NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Marty Scroll, right? Yes, sir. That's been set in stone. Yes. There is a good chance that after tonight... Marty might become the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion yeah. in, in one of the co-main events, which is the three-way ladder match. How do you feel about defending the NWA Championship and possibly having another shot at the Ring of Honor Championship? Well, some of you may recall this little show I was involved with called All In last year. You sold it out. And... In preparation for that show, I referred to myself as the dealer. Fast forward to right now, some of you may think that I might be a little disappointed that I'm not competing tonight at Madison Square Garden, but the reality of the situation is very simple. When I saw the three-way for the Ring of Honor World Championship unfold, I understood that an opportunity presents itself for me to be a double champion, because let's be real, if Marty Skrull wins the Ring of Honor World Championship, and, and for once, you know, you know me, I'm my own man, I have my own opinions, but for once, I think I probably share the opinion of most of the people in this room, and I hope Marty Skrull does win the Ring of Honor World Championship tonight, because it serves my interests as a businessman. And come Crockett Cup, I could have the opportunity to hold two World Championships. Well, let me ask, is there any wrestler in the world that you respect more than Marty? I think I respect a number of wrestlers on the same level as him, but, you know, he and I, we're, we're great friends. We've, we, we broke into this business together, legit. You know, we, we, we've been friends since we were teenagers. Uh, he was a young kid who, who our fr uh, trainer, Frank, literally came to me and said, hey, can you, can you give this kid a ride? You know, he, he doesn't have a car. He doesn't have the ability to get to the training school every week. So I did. I gave him a ride. And we became friends ever since. And, and to see what he's been able to do and everywhere I've been, I've legitimately tried to open the door for him. And so now for us both to appear at Madison Square Garden in, in the capacities that we are, him in, a, in, in one of the main event matches and me being the first NWA World's Champion since Harley Race to walk into Madison Square Garden with the 10 pounds of gold. It's a pretty good feeling, not gonna lie. So, being that y'all act this close and you travel together, you train together, you know each other inside and out, you confide in each other, mm. do you think that you have an advantage being that you pretty much were the principal and helping cultivate his talent that you have an advantage over him I'm a big Arnold Schwarzenegger guy yeah. in Pumping Iron the, the Arnold has posed the question about what happens if what about Franco you know you couldn't pull this stuff on Franco Franco Colombo his best one of his great friends and they posed the the hypothetical of what if they're competing head-to-head -head? and he said on the day of the contest I'm his father he comes to me for advice. And that's how I feel about my relationship with Marty. Wow. When the time comes, that's heavy. I'm the senior, and he knows his place. Nick, Nick, Dave just brought up something really interesting. You know, 
life goes by so quick and in the wrestling business it goes by even quicker. He just mentioned that you are the first man to carry the NWA World Heavyweight Championship into Madison Square Garden since Harley Race. I mean, that's a big deal. Yes. Has that resonated with you? Absolutely. My my appreciation and respect for the historical aspect of being the NWA World's Championship is to me the number one reason why we've been able to build it to the level that we have in such a short period of time. In, in a, about a month from now, uh, well, sorry, but about six weeks from now, I'll be inducting or presenting the Luthez Award to Dory Funk Jr. at the Cauliflower Alley Club in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, Dory Funk Jr. commands a great level of respect, and let's be honest, he probably could have picked a number of people to present that award at the Cauliflower Alley, but he picked me. You know, and again, that significance is not lost. In, in recent months, you've seen on 10 Pounds of Gold, me interacting with Dory and with Harley Race. So I take on the responsibility of re-educating a, a, a new audience to the importance and the prestige of what we carry here, the 70 plus years of the NWA World Championship, and continue to elevate it into the modern era and to make it the, the most important world championship in the entire business. Well, you talk about responsibility, but I also have to give you credit as well. And this is not a disrespect on Tim Storm. But since you've become NWA champion, you have made the NWA, those three letters, prestigious again. Do you, do you sit back and you say to yourself, hey, you know what? I am the reason that this is so big right now. I'm not the only reason. You know, that's, it, 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 there, there's, there's no such thing as a self-made man. You know, in any shape or form, there's always somebody involved. And in our case, it's a small team, but we are a team, and that's the operative word. But having said that, Yes, I, I think sometimes about some of the disappointments I've had in my career when, when, when my, my career ended at TNA and I decided not to re-sign. I, I, think I'm not, I don't think I'm alone in this opinion, but I thought I would probably have an opportunity at WWE. I think a lot of people thought the same thing, and it didn't happen. And there was a, a, a short period of time there where I started to wonder where my place was. And I do believe that things happen for a reason. So I, now looking at where we are now and everything we've done in the last year and thinking about All In with Cody and I and then NWA 70 and all the things we've been able to do, four different continents in one year defending the World's Championship, I truly believe that I was meant to do this. You know, and, and, that's, and when you feel that in your heart and in your guts, you know, it resonates and the people understand it and believe it. Tonight, the G1 Supercard at a sold-out Madison Square Garden. On Sunday, WrestleMania 35 at MetLife Stadium. But the next big show, an historic show, is that Crockett Cup where Nick Aldis is going to defend. Can I, can I just want to, I've got one quick announcement about the Crockett Cup. You guys want an exclusive announcement for the Crockett Cup? Uh, yeah. As many of you may know, the Rock and Roll Express are appearing at the Crockett Cup in a signing capacity, but I can confirm here today that the Rock and Roll Express will compete in the Crockett Cup April 27th on pay-per-view. You know, Nick, I mean, this, this is something that a wise man once told me, and he said some men are given opportunities, but the men that become champions and the men that take ownership take their opportunities. And that was Vince McMahon. 
and you have taken your opportunity. Regardless of what company you work for, everybody knows your name. Everybody knows that you carry the 10 pounds of gold. One of the most historic titles that anybody's ever carried. It might be the most historic. It might yes. be the most it is. credible title in history. And to be able to see you walk and own it, I told you yesterday, I respect the fact that you're able to do that because that's weight that a lot of men can't carry, even champions. Well, awesome. I appreciate that, Mark. Thank you very much. NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis. Nick, thank you so much for the time. Thank you, gentlemen. The Busted Open Podcast. He is one of the smartest men in the history of pro wrestling. From the AWA to WCW, Eric Bischoff joins Busted Open. Easy, he is in the house. Yes. Making his way a lot. He's getting, fans love Eric Bischoff. He's over. Eric, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. Please sit down. Eric Bischoff, everybody! Eric, would you like a daddy soda? <laughs> uh, yeah, put the headset on so they can hear you, Eric. I want to announce right now that because of all of you and because of you guys, I'm moving to freaking New York. Yes. <laughs> Eric, you are getting one hell of an ovation here. I don't ever want to leave. I don't want this moment to stop. Just keep it up. <laughs> They're few and far between. <laughs> no, do you feel like at one point you're the most hated and now you're the most loved when it comes to pro wrestling fans? Well, it's actually the kind of combined. They love to hate me, so it's, <laughs> it's okay. I, I appreciate that. So does my banker and so did my wife. <laughs> And again, you do a fantastic job with 83 Weeks. Too. Thank you very much. Actually, Conrad Thompson does a great job. I just show up and do it. No, you do a damn good job, too. Thank you, man. What is it like for you to kind of just go through, like, those moments, those years, those big events? You know, it's, it's kind of a trip for me because I, I forgot most of it, you know? <laughs> but, and I know that sounds funny, but when you are in it and you're doing it, you know, it's week after week. And Mark, you know, it's like week after week after week, match after match, show after show, and they all kind of run together. So when I do a show with Conrad, and it's like, okay, we're going to talk about this show, I have to go back and watch it on the WWE Network because I don't remember a damn thing. And then when I see it, it's like seeing it almost for the first time. So it's kind of a rush. Well, you were wearing like 10 hats, too, being the boss, you know, to be able to, you know, organize all the cats. You know, I'm sure that that was something that was very hard to do. I mean, I've never had to uh, manage the production staff and organize where we're going to be on tour and, and, and handling all those day-to-day -day duties. Like, what part of that job was the hardest for you? Was it dealing with the talent? Was it doing the production staff? Was it 
organizing the office, like hiring and firing, like what, what was the, the hardest part? Honestly, Mark, the hardest part for me was dealing with the management above me. In the beginning, it was very easy because it was Ted Turner and they gave us a lot of freedom because Ted loved wrestling and it was, was kind of like the wild, wild west for me in the very beginning. But later on, it became more complicated when Time Warner got involved and AOL got involved and it turned into a whole different culture. And adjusting to that culture was a very different thing for me because it went from being almost like, you know, Ted just let us do what we wanted to do and, and gave us the ability to either succeed or fail. Once Time Warner and then AOL came along, they started managing things like a bank, not just for WCW, but for all of the divisions of, of Turner Broadcasting. And then it, it quit being fun at that point. So were they, were they micromanaging you and, and telling you what to spend money on rather than you having a authority to, to, to do what you felt was good for running the business? That was a big part of it, but the biggest part of it was when they got involved in the creative. And they, they, not, not so much telling us, you know, who should win, who should lose, and all that kind of stuff, but when they began to dictate to us, you know, for example, when they brought me into an office one day and they said, okay, Eric, I know that you're, you know, you're making money hand over fist, you know, nobody else has ever been able to make this thing successful, congratulations. But here's what we want you to do from now on. And when they wanted me to make our show more uh, family-friendly, I knew, because WWE, you guys were right in the middle of the Attitude Era, and now they're telling us, no, 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 we don't want to go there. We want to go for kids and, you know, families. I went, oh, that's not going to work. But that's what they wanted to do, and that's when it really became challenging. Eric, it's no, uh, you know, everybody knows that you went head-to-head -head with Vince McMahon. And I'm sure during uh, your heyday, during those 83 weeks, that you probably tried to get WCW into Madison Square Garden. It's, it, it's, it's, people have tried before. Were you shocked that Ring of Honor and New Japan were able to get into a building that the McMahon family has had a stranglehold on forever. Brother, that is such an important point because you're right. You know, we, we knew that in order to really compete, in order to really make a statement, you had to come to Madison Square Garden. I mean, that's the center of the, the universe when it comes to entertainment, right? And we tried really, really hard to make that happen, and we couldn't get it done because the McMahon... You know, um, family had had a, a fence built around that. We couldn't get through it. And it was fascinating to me when Ring of Honor was able to achieve that. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with now that the WWE is a public company. And when a public company, I don't like to throw the monopoly word out there, but when a pu public company um, leverages their relationships to a point that it keeps other companies from participating... That's a, that's a dangerous thing. When you're a privately held company, you can get away with that. When you're a publicly held company, it's a little tougher. So I was amazed and, and happy to see it for everybody. And it's just an opinion. It's, it's not factual, what I'm about to say. I also think that because the WWE is spending a lot of time in Brooklyn at the Barclays, I think Madison Square Garden was kind of flexing their muscles a little bit, saying, you know what? You go to Barclays five times a year, you come here two times a year, maybe we should bring somebody else in two more times a year. I think you're probably right, Mark. It's common sense, right? I mean, they, if you look at it from Madison Square Garden's point of view, they've been loyal to the WWF, WWE now for generations, really. Yeah. And 
And then all of a sudden, WWE's spending a little time over at Barclays Center. It's probably like, okay, cool. Tit for tat. You yeah. can do that. I, I think that they were insulted in a way because I think the Garden was willing to let WWE do their thing twice a year. But, hey, man, you're coming back home to New York for WrestleMania, and you won't even give us, like, access yep. or the Hall of Fame or anything. So I think all the planets lined up and the opportunity was there. And that's why I say, you know, good job. It's, by a, it's, yeah. a, it's a message. Yeah. It's like waking up and 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 finding a horse head on your bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I'm going to let you know that I'm not happy with this situation. And it's going to leave a stain on your brain for a long time. Because this is WrestleMania. This is the biggest time of the year. And... What message can leave a, a stain on you? Yep. And, and that was it. And you know what? I, I just want to get off this for one second. I want to say something in public, and I want to say it to this guy's face. I invented Bully Ray, and tonight I get to bring my creation to Madison Square Garden, which, as we know, is unheard of in the wrestling business. But if you would have never handed me the ball... I would never perform in that building tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you. Amazing. Eric, thank you so much for the time. You've been a great guest over these 10 years. You've always been very gracious with your time. I'm cutting him off on his own show because I know I've only got a couple seconds left, and I want to say this man took an idea, and he's turned it into one of the most popular shows on Sirius Radio. Because he believed in professional wrestling. He believed in all of you guys. He believed in this team. And I want to thank you for putting in your heart, your soul, and giving us credibility thank in the you, industry. Eric. Thank you thank guys Thank you so much, much, man. Thank you so much for joining the show. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. WWE Hall of Famer, the one and only Jim Ross joins us here on Busted Open. How are you, JR? Thank you so much. Good old JR. Come sit. They turned that song off so I can stood back up. Have us. He's, so, he's, he's upset about the Oklahoma Sooners fight song. Marcus upset. Yes. Moscow Mule, Moscow Mule. <laughs> now, I don't know if you saw the menu we have here for our 10 year anniversary party, JR, but at the bar you can get good old JR's Moscow Mule. That's what I'm having right now. <laughs> oh, you can have the world's strongest egg roll. And uh, the world, uh, thank you very much. The yeah. world's strongest egg roll. Yeah. And the Lagrecadilla. And the daddy soda. And of course, the daddy soda. And Henry's sexual <laughs> chocolate. There's a, sexual lot going, chocolate. there's a lot going on for our 10 year anniversary. By the way, my daughters, Sarah and Abigail, are at the front there by the shirts there. So go and say hello to Sarah and Abigail. Yeah, we got to go say hi to the girl. Yeah, you got to say hi to the girl. JR, how was your show today? Good. Full. Packed. Yeah, packed. Yeah, that's good. right. Yeah, it was great. Audience is good. Good questions. A lot of fun. So it's uh, a good day, Dave. Good day. I'm glad to be here. Ain't it awesome better. that we can exist in this world and have multiple streams of entertainment for pro wrestling and everybody get along 
everybody be entertained, and there's nobody fussing and fighting over how many people that have showed up because everybody in town pretty much is here to see wrestling of some sort. Yep. <laughs> and just like your place is full, this place is full, the garden is about to be full, the Barclays is going to be full. Hell, it, MetLife Stadium. MetLife Stadium is going to be full. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lovely time uh, for pro wrestling right now. Reverend Mark Henry has spoken, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, sometimes, Jim, you got to put your foot down, one right in front of the other, if you want to get where you're going. I started? I'm sorry. I apologize. You started it. apologize. Now, JR, I'm so glad that you're a part of our show because, and I, I've said this to you personally, but I definitely want to say it now that we're live on the air in front of the hardcore Busted Open Nation members. You have been such a godsend to this show. You've been a big supporter of Busted Open since day one. You've been one of our best guests. So I could not have this 10-year celebration without you, JR. Thank you. Well, Thank you, man. You know, it's a, it's a show about pro wrestling that's uh, hosted by wrestling fans. And at the end of the day, isn't that what we all are? Yep. Yep. So I, I am in full support of any entity that promotes our, our business. That's why I'm not a big, uh, 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 I don't have a lot of negative energy to put into somebody else's failures. I choose, a long time ago, well, not that long ago actually, and unfortunately, I decided not to leave my house with any more negative baggage in my carry-on. So my carry-on, when I leave Norman, is clean. It has no negativity. And I, so that's what, Mark's, what Mark said about everybody getting along. It's amazing how big the business could be if everybody just put their egos aside yep. and put the fans first. Put your marketing focus, your customers first. Isn't that a unique common uh, concept? Customers first. It is. It's a great concept, but, you know, it's like it's something that's got to be taught because there's so many people that we know that feel like the fan base belongs to them. This is, just my, this is my fan base rather than it being our wrestling. You know, so, I mean, to the fans, it's our wrestling. Every wrestling brand in the world. But some people look at wrestling as being, this is my audience, and I want to control it. I don't want to control the audience. I want the audience to help me dictate what's popular, what's good, so that we can value better yep. who is in the business. And JR, you know, I, I don't think anybody would have blamed you if you decided to stay in Norman and, you know, just move away from the world of pro wrestling. But I'm so glad that you came back to it and you embraced it again. Yeah. Because now you're going to be a part of AEW. And and, and, yeah. and and to hear the chant of AEW as you're walking. to I mean, this is a whole new world, but it's a cool world. And people are excited about it. And I'm so glad that you're going to be a big part of it. I am too. I am too, Dave. I'm lucky. I got a hot tag when I thought the match was pretty much over. And, you know, last year, uh, Vince was really great to me. He has been great all for 26 years. But last couple of years, I had a, a really a huge contract to do nothing. And it sounds good on paper. It sounds like you say, well, I'd love that deal. When you're 67 and you've been an alpha male all your life, 
and you've been on top of your game and in the hunt, it's not that easy. And I didn't want somebody else telling me, JR, you're done. JR will tell you when JR is done. So that's my story. My leaving WWE was not out of anger. How could I be angry at somebody that made me rich? Seriously, I've been lucky, man. I've been so lucky to make this money in wrestling I never thought I'd even see, much less have at my possession. And now this is uh, bigger than I could ever imagine. So I'm a blessed guy, but it, I, it's just I'm doing what I love to do, and to me that's not work. So we're going to have fun with this new venture and see where it goes. If they put a product on, on the screen that's compelling, I'll give them a compelling call. Not only do I believe that and know it to be fact, I look forward to hearing it again. Uh, I've missed it. I, I've, I'm a new fan of New Japan uh, over the last two years now. And... I've got a chance to hear you call, guys, and, and being on this show, all the prep work. I mean, I, I watch every week uh, roughly around 10 hours of wrestling because I have to be able to have an educated guess and a, on what I'm talking about. And knowing all these new guys, like you've seen guys in Japan, you've seen the guys uh, on the indie scene as well, like now you'll be able to report on these guys, not just from what you see at AEW, but you saw them before they got to AEW. So you know the history of these guys. Is there something um, that you would add to that? You know, I, I, I've, I've always, I'm like you, Mark, and Dave, especially Dave, I can't get her to get enough. And when you find yourself in an empty house, kind of a, the, the widower thing, empty nest deal, you know, I, I, I had to run to what made me comfortable. Yep. I had to go to my sanctuary and to those loving arms of something. Because it wasn't football season, I ran immediately to my, back to my business, which has been a part of my life, the most of my life. So uh, I, that, was the, that was the only place to go. Was, I went home, and now the folks, the Khan family, believe that I have the enough gas in the tank. You know, it's cut to the chase, man. I'm 67 years old. Do you think I can cut it or can I not cut it? Well, here's the deal. You're going you're to find out. You're going to kill it, Jack. Yeah. You find out. We'll see. That's my challenge. And this is where Jim Ross said, you bet your ass I still got it. <laughs> hey, as a performer, and you guys know this, as a performer, you can't help but think that. If I don't have confidence in me to do the job, as big as my ego is, then who is? Nobody. Nobody. And they shouldn't. If I don't believe that I'm a winner and I can get this job done, then I shouldn't even have the opportunity to attempt it. Luckily for me, I found somebody that's going to let me get back in the game and play. And all I ever wanted was to get back in the game and contribute. Simple as that. Well, listen, when I, I say it all the time, but let me say it in front of him and in front of all of you. 
the greatest voice in the history of the sport we love, pro wrestling, the one and only Jim Ross. Jr. thank you so much for all, all the guest appearances. Thank you for being a part of this 10-year anniversary party. I appreciate it. The Busted Open Podcast. Pat McAfee! Pat joins the McAfee! What's up, Pat? He's in the building. Come sit down, Pat. Have a couple of daddy sodas. Okay, this is incredible. Good for you guys. Ten years of magic, and this place is electric. Good. Hey, this is the best-looking crowd I've seen all weekend. Pretty hot, right? Yeah. Pretty hot crowd. You this deserve is it. the first crowd you've seen this weekend, so, I mean, I... Well, I mean, you uh, ipso facto there. You don't need to jump come into sit, that. Come yeah, sit, nice down, sit down, Pat. Sit down, Pat. Pat, this, this is for you. That's for you. Must I know you lost you. some weight, and now you're an, X, you're an XL. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I got there you. There you go. Nice shirt for Pat. Okay, man. Get the merch. Buy the merch. <laughs> Buy the merch. Cut the sleeves off, hopefully. Hey, I appreciate you. Man. Show the guns off. You got to do it. And you know what? And, he, and Mark, I got I to gotta do this. I got to give a big thank you to Pat McAfee. And no. here's why. And this is why I love Pat. Shout out to you. I actually extended an invitation to somebody who you work with very closely who did not show up. And that is Sam Roberts. Boo. I can't believe Sam Roberts would do that to you. I can't believe it. I love Sam. That's terrorist stuff, honestly. And you want to know something, Pat? I hope you give him shit when you see him later. Well, I mean, it's kind of a natural reaction whenever you look at Sam Roberts' face to give him shit. But now that he's blowing off the greatest sports entertainment radio show's 10-year anniversary, I think he's crossed the line that we can never come back from. Well, Pat, let me just stop you right there. I, I understand that you have to say the term sports entertainment, but here on Busted Open, we say... We're wrestling! Yeah, I mean, you guys are rich already. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> Sports entertainment wrestling radio here at Busted Open. Now, I saw you on ESPN. I got to be honest. If they don't have you a part of Monday Night Football, it's not gonna happen. they're fucking fools. I appreciate Because that. you are one hot, talented son of a bitch. Well, I'm not as hot as you. No. Way better than Jason Wade. I think we can all agree yeah, on that. Yes. Appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. He's much better at football than I was, though. Here's the deal. So I don't resonate well with the suits in most places, okay? This goes back to whenever I was in elementary school, hated by the principal, hated by the teachers. High school, same thing. I get to West Virginia, Rich Rodriguez, my coach, hates everything about me. I get to the Colts, general manager literally wants me to quit instead of continue to play with the team. Suits hate me, and at ESPN, I believe the yuppies that are up at the top are not big fans of the sleeveless kid from Pittsburgh, so that's okay with me. I'll just continue my own lane being an internet guy and saying whatever the fuck I want on a very regular basis. Yeah. You know what? You talk about not being a, as good a football player. I saw you. Come on. Two days ago. Kick a 45-yard field hey, goal. Hey, man. Huh? huh? I mean, and it was dead center. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking right down the sack there, guys. You, you still got it. Still got it. I mean, uh, I, I think if I ever get back into kicking footballs, it'll be in the field goal kicking realm instead of punting because it could help build a Hall of Fame resume one day. But I don't want to get back in that NFL routine, Mark. I like the vitamins way too much, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pat, let me ask you because you, you played at an extremely high level 
in the NFL. And you, you perform in some major games in front of major crowds. What's it like for you now to do the stuff with the WWE Network, do the pre-shows? Like, is it the same when because you're performing in front of crowds, you're performing on TV? What's it like for you? I just enjoy that moment of right before you go live. Like, hey, what you're about to do right now, people are going to see. It's that same feeling you probably get for the radio show. Like, hey, there's no fuck-ups here. Like, let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's go for it. That football experience from that, that's kind of what I miss mostly. It's like, hey, we're about to go on a field. A big miss could cost everybody a lot of money. Gamblers, fantasy football owners, my teammates, coaches. And I kind of miss that feeling. But the pre-show is very much like that. It's like, here we go. A lot of people who have no idea who I am are about to see this. Let's not fuck it up. But, you know, it's hard to mess it up when you're as exposed as you are. And that, that's the thing that works in radio and that works in television, is you can turn the camera on and people are not going to, they might shake, they might roll a little bit, but they damn sure not going to rattle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to turn the camera on, turn the microphone on, and let me go. Don't, I, don't put a leash on me. Let me say what I want to say, and the way that I say it, It'll resonate with the people yeah. that listen to you. Yeah. And that's what I get when I hear you. I see you on, on the internet playing any kind of game that's a game. I mean, you what what's the guy's name that you, you shoot your videos with that you beat the hell out of all the time? Foxy. Who needs to quit? Yeah, Foxy. Yeah, Foxy needs to quit. He does. I agree. He's, he's right here today. He's amongst you, you, the crowd. You beat him like a rented mule. Everything. I mean, Foxy <laughs> takes a lot of L's. Foxy <laughs> takes a lot of L's. I'm like, so this is what I want to do. And I and I, I told you before. I'm, Cuzzy, I'm, with the I, delivery. Wow. <laughs> nice. Thank Cuzzy. you, sir. Hey, All right. Good guy. What a, a little, good dude. Hey, he's Let's a give him a hand. Hawk, yeah. Too. A little yeah. mohawk there. Yeah, a little mullet thing. You hey. Know. hey. I, I feel you. Hey, that's something white people do. That is... <laughs> It's a good decision, I think. <laughs> but I see you hitting threes. Yeah. I see you doing such a diverse set of skill set of games. And I, I, want, I want you to start challenging somebody other than Foxy. Well, I like to feel good, though, you know? Like it's, uh, <laughs> I like you want a whooping boy. Okay, so I played horse against Lamar Odom in Los Angeles, okay? All right. Lamar Odom, classic prostitute house visitor, uh, survivor. <laughs> You know, that whole thing. He's a survivor of a prostitute house situation. Right. Married into the Kardashian family for a little bit, but also six man of the year for a little bit. Incredible basketball player. Yeah. He and I played horse out in L.A. Him and Robert Kraft should hang out. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That would be, you know, Robert Kraft loves. Hey, that video is going to get out. It's like, going to get out. What is Robert Kraft doing? Like, just take the deal and make sure that your penis is never on the internet. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm guilty. I, I, I don't want the video to get hey, excuse out. excuse me. You guys do whatever the hell you want. I'll buy a whole new city if you'd like. I just don't want my penis on the internet. That's a big deal. <laughs> that sucks. But um, I just have a good time every day, man. I honestly do. That's why it's been so interesting in this wrestling world, because nobody has a clue who I am. Most people, right? Outside the internet, not a lot of people know who I am. And I kind of regret not going through the indies, right? I really do. After I retired, Rip Rogers was training me. He used to train at OVW. Yeah. And there was a lot of conversations about me potentially going down to OVW, kind of earning my way through the ropes and kind of introducing myself to wrestling fans. But then when Michael Cole comes and tells me he wants me to do literally whatever the hell you want it he tells me zero direction zero wow. rules just tells me do whatever go. just go we just want to put a microphone on you and go i've been very fortunate for that but i do have one regret which is i couldn't build up i would pay money to see you do a 
two or three week camp with Rip Rogers. Hey, I, I know our fans would because you and Rip Rogers. Uh, oh, that's TV gold. I got my ass kicked. He did train me. I, I have a uh, I have a wrestling ring in my barn. I bought it at 3 a.m. Pretty intoxicated after my rookie year. God bless. I think everybody's heard that story. God by this bless. Point. Yeah, I forgot I, I forgot I ordered it until it showed up in my house on an 18-wheeler. That's a true story. I'm a kid that's not supposed to have money. I got money and the Internet existed. <laughs> I bought a lot of very dumb shit, right? Doesn't sound dumb to me. Bro. But a wrestling ring, one of my best investments I've ever had in my entire life. It was a cheap one, obviously. That thing feels like this. But Rip was coming to my house and training me in the morning in the barns. And I was just getting my ass kicked. We're talking like welts from chops every single morning. Bunch of people coming through. And we filmed it, and it was beautiful. But it got to the point where Michael Cole asked me to talk into a microphone. So the wrestling thing kind of got put to the side. So who knows what's going to happen. Well, I I tell you, man, I I think that you can do both. I think you can do both. Well, tomorrow is the first time Vince McMahon's going to see me on TV. I was told that directly to my face. I had to go buy a tuxedo. They say you need to wear a tuxedo. Wow. I was told, don't dress like a jackass tomorrow. Vince McMahon is going to see you on TV for the first time. I went down to Macy's. It was me and five high school kids getting ready for prom, buying tuxedos. I feel good. So I feel the good. Only thing, the only thing that should change. That feels good. That feels great. Yeah, don't you love that? That doesn't happen a lot. Don't you love that? That doesn't happen a lot. The only thing that should change is what you wear. Yeah, I agree. You wear, that, you wear the hell out that tuxedo tomorrow, but you still need to be the guy with the cut-off sleeves yes. underneath that Don't damn change, suit. Pat. Yeah. Oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't want you to change. All that tuxedo is is perfume on a pig, baby. Let's Goddamn go. right. Let's go. Put Pat, the wig on the pig. Everybody. Thank you so much. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you, Pat. I want to let you know, Dave, and I say this from the bottom of my heart. When I was on Sirius, I got a chance to listen to other Sirius shows and try to learn as much as I could. What you guys have done here at Busted Open, not only for 10 years is obviously incredible, but every single day you show up and show out, that's an incredible feat, and you should be very proud of yourself. Pat, you, I you love s- you, man. Thank you for everything. You, 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 notice, you notice Dave cuts, when everybody's congratulating him and commending him, he cuts them off. Yeah. Because he, he, he feels uncomfortable. We're being told how good he is. Well, you should and, get and used to it because please, you are. Stop cutting people off when they're telling you how good yeah. you are. I'm sorry. You want to drink this beer with me or what? Yeah, let's do it. You ready? Yeah. Chug, chug, chug. Well, I'm a toast. I'm not chugging. Uh, I just wanted to toast with you guys. Oh, my fault. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.